Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible murder. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 21 of the NRL. Great time to be alive for NRL fans. Uh, the footy's really ramping up after Origin and uh, it's a pretty good race for the finals. So some interesting results. Uh probably say mathematically there's probably 14 teams that can still make the eight this year. But the only only really the Dragons, Bulldogs and, and Tigers, they're, they're pretty well gone for this, this season, planning them out Mad Mondays, I'd say. And I think from a Supercoach point of view, that's that's pretty good too. So we get so many meaningful games each week and and that really helps, you know, like when you're watching these games. So let's get into it. Having said that, the exception was probably Thursday night. So you could have been excused if you didn't watch this one. You might have been watching the the Matildas play, uh, even though Sam Kerr was out. But, yeah, it's a game between two cellar dwellers. I still watched it as a footy diehard. I thought West tried hard again, but, yeah, they really struggle in the halfback position. But they're looking to uh, fix that up. There's a fair bit of talk. I mean, obviously they've got young uh, Finu. He's got big wraps on him. They've just signed him on Bitcoin. They're looking at, uh, I did read today, that Jaden Sullivan is a big chance of going to the Tigers um, and also looking at Aiden Caesar. So, that's uh, yeah, it's not a bad way to recruit, try to get uh, three or four halves and get them to compete for that position, some young, some older, um, yeah, and work their way through that because, really, you put a half back into that team and they become... Oh, top A contender in my books. Uh, I thought Dane Laurie was solid at 5'8". I thought, I thought he went okay. I mean, defensively, he's, he's obviously a small body, so he's going to get targeted there. But attack-wise, he, he opened him up a bit. He was good for IPAP, gave him a bit more ball. Uh, but I've just seen uh, the same day he, resigned, he uh, re-signed with the uh, Panthers. So he's going back home to the Panthers. He obviously not very happy with the way he's been sort of mucked around at the Tigers and, he, you know, he's not going to play his favourite position, which is fullback because Bull is there. But I guess, you know, he'll just become, I guess, you know, like a um, a player that if Dylan Edwards gets injured or uh, plays any sort of 
rep footy, then, you know, he'll fill in there. So I don't – yeah, it's a strange one, that one, him going back to, to the Panthers. Um, in terms of the game, I think St. George did enough to win, but, um, yeah, there was not too much to write home about on this one, so we might skip over it. Uh, having a look at a few of the scores from that game, I'm uh, just going to get the updated scores. Zachy Lomax, 115. Now, I did say last week he could finish well, but I was sort of looking at them maybe not to bring back Sloan at fullback and and play him fullback because I thought he was really good. But he he did well going back to the right centre position. 115 is a great score. Uh, Jacob Little, 47. Yeah, he's a solid second hooker option, but there's probably better out there. Okay, let's have a look at the uh, two most relevant from Tigers. Both of these are in my team currently, and I'm sort of tossing up what to do here. Isaiah Papalihi, 59, and Johnny Bateman, 57. So more than acceptable scores, but do they have that upside? That's the question. Brooks is coming back, which I'm not sure if that really helps. Uh, Well, I'm not sure if it helps IPAP because he's probably going to come back on that left-hand side and he throws a lot of dummies, um, which has stunted IPAP for most of the year, whereas I felt like he was getting a bit more clean ball from the two games, two or three games he played with Dane Laurie. So I thought it was probably better for him. Um, But I think it, in saying that, I think it improves West's chances of being a lot more competitive with Brooks back in the side. I I think it'll be interesting. I'd... They might stick with uh, Wakeman just because he was playing okay when Brooks was there, but it would be interesting to see if Dane Laurie and Brooks played together, how they went. So I think the only thing you can take from this game is obviously keep an eye out for matchups against these two sides because their seasons are over. They're looking forward to, you know, the end of the season. Um, Yeah, and it's hard for them to get up each week. Uh, I think next week West play... South Sydney at Tamworth, Souths aren't going that good, but that could be a type of game that could play them back into form, although I think Brooks is a huge in if he comes back. Obviously, Souths might have their own huge in with uh, Latrell Mitchell. And the Dragons play against Manly at Wollongong. So when you play these types of teams, particularly if you can get them away, I think they're the the ones where – you know, your your super coach players could really tee off against them. But at home, I think they'll throw up a a decent show um, depending on how the run of the game goes. Okay, Friday night, uh, the early game from Auckland. So huge game, huge ramifications for top eight and top four really. Um, Yeah, the Warriors just gave me and all Warriors supporters a heart attack there at the end. Uh, They nearly ripped... Uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. So yeah, that was that was a bit of a tough watch, but I was glad Croker missed that goal, and um, they were able to pinch it. Shorty Johnson kicking the field goal in extra time, he pinched it by a point. Um, yeah, the Raiders—they're a team you have to respect. They fight, they scrap, they play really tough in the middle, uh, and they keep themselves in the fighting games. I mean, they look there like. The Warriors just dominated that game for such long periods and probably just didn't put the nail in the coffin. But the Raiders, they just hung in and hung in and got a few scrappy tries and they get tries off errors and then they get a try off kicks and things like that. So um, I don't think they're a side that has enough footy in them to actually win the comp, but they're a side that 
can probably scrap out a win against most sides on their day, um, particularly if they can put the other team off their game. You know, they can play a really physical style and um, sometimes that can get players injured and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're an interesting side. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they finish off the year and, and if they can make a splash in the top eight. Despite all that, I do think the Warriors deserve to win this one. And and now with the buyer followed by the last five rounds, they play five of the bottom eight teams. They, they're really perfectly set up to make a run for the top four, possibly top two. I mean, it'd be hard to crack that because obviously you've got Penrith and Broncos there. But the Broncos have got some... They got some games there that um, are probably um, banana peel games. You know, they could they could come up against. In saying that, the Warriors aren't aren't um, yeah lay down Mazes to win all five of those games. Is you know they're going to have to stay focused, get the job done. I mean, they're a side that's been out of the top eight for such a long period of time um, that you know it's probably really important for them to do the job in that. And it's and in some ways it's probably not a great lead up to a final series because they're not playing any of the big guns. But as a Warriors fan, I just want to see them back in the finals and have a crack and hopefully get a get a home final and see where they can go. I really think they're um, a, a massive chance this year. Um, yeah, so the Raiders head home to play against the, well, the surging Knights. Um, we're just coming off. Not three wins, I think. Um, yeah, that's that's an intriguing matchup next week. I mean, if the, the Raiders were to drop that, that'd be a little bit on the slide, I'd say, a little bit like Cronulla. So I expect them to really bridge up for that home game. Um, obviously, one of the things that I saw from that game uh, was that shape we spoke about last week. It's just uh, – and, and Flanagan, Shane Flanagan was uh, commentating and he spoke about it a bit, but they have a double lead shape. So they so they come out to Johnson, nice long ball from Wade Egan, puts it out in front of him, and they have the double lead runner shape outside of them. And Johnson tends to isolate the A defender, which is like one uh, – the first defender off the ruck there, and he he has like those two players running inside outside of the three man's um, shoulder. But actually, it, it's interesting because like it drags in the center. Like on this occasion, Croker comes in because he has to protect the outside shoulder of. Um, whoever the three-man is. I can't remember who it was at that stage, but I think it might be like um, Whiten or Fogarty. Yeah, so it's just such good shape. It's really, even Flanagan said, it's really, really hard to defend the way that they're running it. And generally they get a reasonably quick play the ball off the back of it. Like for teams to defend that, I think the best way is probably mark a pressure on Johnson, but he's so wide and he plays with a bit of depth when he needs to. He's got such a good... Um, understanding of what the opposition is doing that he can alter his depth. Um, so you've either got to get your marker pressure out there to get pressure on Johnson or you've got to get that A defender out of the line putting pressure on him and there's always a chance that he might step him on the inside. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's working really well on that right-hand side for the Warriors and it's so good to watch and very hard to defend for teams. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores from that game. So, yeah, Shawnee Johnson, 74. That's a good score in updates. Uh, Chan's got 69. 
Uh, Wade Egan, 62, proven a pretty good second hooker option there. Um, Adam Fenor Blake, 61. Tohu Harris, that's a nice update to 52 because he was pretty low there. Um, he's just punching out solid scores at the moment, Tahu. So I've seen a few people are trading him out, but I'm just looking to keep him at the moment for the run home. I think they're sort of managing his minutes. Uh, we'll see what happens after the bye. I mean, he should be fresh and, you know, getting close to 70 minutes a game again. Uh, for the for the Raiders, uh, Corey Horsburgh, 76. Uh, Joey Tapp, 61. And that's about all that's relevant. I thought Josh Papali, he can have some good runs towards the back end of the season. It might be a bit of a risk, but he played really well. Fair few tackle breaks, gave the Warriors a few headaches there. So if you were looking for a a pod sort of front row forward, I think Josh Papali will finish the season pretty well. But at the moment, I don't know if there's too many people looking at that. I mean... Uh, other relevant scores, uh, Metcalf came back to earth a little bit. Uh, he went low, so uh, he went 30. Um, Jackson Ford, 45, that's more than acceptable. Punching out a pretty decent score there. So obviously uh, for those people who read my articles, I, I wrote a big article about um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later about uh, how I, I was going to prefer Sean Johnson over Nico Hines. Uh, trading Nico Hines to Cleary. Um, it was interesting to watch on Sunday. Not, none of them went really big. They're all around that. Uh, obviously, Cleary and Hines have to get updates, but they're around that 70, 75 mark, and Johnson updated the 74. So it was a bit of a push in the end of it. So if you did do that, I think that's a big win for those people that ended up doing that and and did trade Hines to Sean Johnson. Of course, you get one game less because the Warriors have got the bye next week. But um, you know you can take some solace in the fact that the Sharks play the Penrith. They play Penrith at Penrith, so I think yeah that's going to be a really tough matchup for Nico as well. I ended up back flipping on it, and I. Just got a little bit worried about the weather and, you know, what Nico could do. I mean, you know, that second half of what we've seen today, I thought that that could happen very early, which sometimes the the Sharks get on a roll and, and you know, they play – they do play in those spurts, but I thought Nico could, you know, score really big. And, and I guess, you know, in the second half he, he probably put on 70 because he was only about – he was in single digits at half time. Uh, it was interesting to – how it played out. Uh, the late game on Friday night, South versus the Broncos. Uh, and, yeah, good win for the Bronx. Um, it was an interesting game. There's a few mistakes in it. I thought both sides sort of were a little bit off to start with and then the Broncos really showed good grit in defence. Um, South were disappointing. They sort of overplayed a little bit. Cody, oh, he's a little bit off his game. Um, which it can be at times. Um, but the, the Broncos' defence was very impressive. I think, yeah, South, the, the season's slipping away from South a little bit. Um, I've always felt like they're a team that can win the competition, but they look like they've blown their opportunity to finish in the top four, even though they do have a good run home. 
Um, but now, yeah, they're really, really, really leaving it late and there might be other results that they need to get that top four position uh, because they're outside of the eight at the moment. As it stands, they're in ninth position. So on 24 points, I mean, fourth is only 28 points, uh, which is a storm, and they do have a few tough games coming up, but they'd almost nearly need to win out the Rabbitohs uh, to to finish in that top four, which we know is critical to Premiership hopes. I think the Bronx are looking pretty good for a top two finish. So uh, Reese Walsh coming back was huge. Um, the, the other thing about the Rabbitohs uh, that I failed to mention is probably the fact that they're travelling everywhere. Because they don't have a home ground, they've organised games in Tamworth, in Cairns, in sunny coast so i mean they're on a bit of a road trip and sometimes that can work against you they might be a little bit tired so yeah i'm sort of tending to thinking of fading against south sydney not not so much their players i think they'll still there's players there that'll go really well like walker and alex johnson and campbell graham and and latrell mitchell but in terms of their premiership uh, aspirations whereas i thought they were a really good chance of Starting to question, you know, whether they can come back off that big road trip that they're going around and, you know, or and get themselves into a good enough position to make a run at the Premiership. So we'll wait and see. Okay, let's have a look at a few of these scores. Uh, well, as we said, the return of Reese Walsh, he's just a superstar, that kid, you know, doing backflips, and that took me back to the uh, Mundine days, so Mundine and Blacklock. But, yeah, absolute superstar. Came back. What a return. 111. I'm not sure if he's that highly owned, um, Reese Walsh. So he's owned by he, – he was fairly highly owned before the suspension, but now he's owned by – so he's still owned by 15% of teams. So if you owned him, you'd be very happy with that. Obviously, Katoni Stacks, 136. He has shown in the past he can go on these tears. Hasn't done that much this year, but – you know, if you feel like he could go on a tear, I, I'm not sure that they've got the greatest draw, but, yeah, he might be one to jump on and could make a difference for you in the centre wing position. Uh, Alex Johnson, 82. He's got a pretty big month ahead, I think. I think he's going to score some tries. I think he's going to try and run down Dominic Young. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, with Latrell back, that's certainly going to help him. Campbell Graham, uh, it's a pretty good game by him, 67. Supercoach points, he's a solid hold. Um, Selwyn Cobbo, I think he's going to score a lot of tries, 71 points. Um, again, he's another one. You have to pay a bit for him, but, yeah. Cameron Murray, 76. I want him. I, I think he's a priority for me. He, he's a priority to bring into my side. I know he's going. I'm going to have to – well, I'm not going to have to pay that much for him. I could probably downgrade an IPAP or um, – Johnny Bateman, I think he had a pretty low – he had a break-even of 19 and he's got a 76, so he's 482K. He, he might be – I don't have um, Jay Schubert's uh, predicted break-evens uh, break and prices in front of me, but, you know, from my mass, I'd say he'd be about 515K and I'd be more than happy to pay that for Cameron Murray. I think he's going to have a really good finish to the season and I expect him to be brought in by some savvy super coaches. Payne Haas, a little bit down on what he normally does, 62, but the Broncos didn't need him out there for that long because uh, they were winning the game fairly well at the end. So, 
Uh, yeah, Payne Arsenal is, is still a solid hold. Cody Walker, 55, a little bit disappointing. Uh, Damian Cook, 59, solid second hooker option. I thought Jai Arrow was really good, but only 45 for Supercoach. So even though he's dual position, probably not really relevant at this stage. G'day guys and girls, Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seacle for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go, you know, I've spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. That Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same game multi on a first try score a bet to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. You thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at seekle, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Give them a buzz on 02 9559 or flick them a message on Instagram at Gambling. That is Seacle Gambling, all one word, lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payable listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Okay, start a Super Saturday. And, geez, the Roosters, they look like the Roosters of old in the first half. And then reverted back to the same old Roosters we've seen this year in the second half. So it's hard to know what to make of that game, really. Uh, at half time, it was oh, like I was generally thinking, look out, you know, we here's another, you know, the competition's thrown up another wrinkle here that we're going to have to look out for because the Roosters are going to make a run at this comp. But I'm not going to be convinced unless they can be really competitive. And actually, they, they just need to win. They need to beat the Broncos on Thursday night. So that's the real litmus test for them to see whether they're back or not. Um. The Titans, yeah, they missed the jump, but they showed some spirit in the second half. They, you know, if, if I'm Des Hasler, I'm licking my lips at taking over that side and possibly bringing in a Ben Hunt. Uh, you know, he's he's going to tighten up their defence. They need to they need to do something about that defence on that edge. It's a, it's the worst edge in the competition. But uh, yeah, I, I thought David Fafita was really good as well. Even though he went off with 20 minutes to go, the involvement of him was, you know, really promising for Supercoach. So I didn't get him in. And I think he, if you're struggling to get him in because of his price, I think you could probably leave him for another week. I think they've got the Titans uh, from memory. I'll just check that. But, yeah, I think they have the Titans next week. So I don't necessarily think that. That's a great you – know, he probably would be – he'd be running at Chad Townsend, wouldn't he? So it's probably not too bad. It's a day game. Yeah, a day game, 4 o'clock at Seabus. So, yeah, it's going to be a decision to make. I want Cameron Murray. I also want Fafida. Um, it might be – that might be my two trades. I mean, yeah, that's a question I've, I've probably got to ask myself. But, yeah, he took something like 12 runs in the first half and he looked dangerous – Without really breaking through, I think he might have had a line break assist, but um, certainly Dave Fafita, he's he's going to be a person that you want on your side. Overall, on the two teams, I'm going to make a call and say neither of them are going to make the top eight, but I think both of them are capable of playing spoilers for the teams that they play. Like I don't think you can tick them off as a win, not that you can do that ever in the NRL, but you know probably with the Tigers this year, some of the problems they've had, you 
probably have ticked them off and the Bulldogs. But, um, yeah, I think they could really play spoilers in the run home. Definitely. So let's have a look at a few of the scores from that game. And James Tedesco, look back, 134 points. I mean, some people have still kept him. I mean, he's almost in, in pod territory, Teddy. I think uh, Timmy Williams still had him, he said. So he might be a good pod there. He's owned by 10% of teams. So that's definitely pod territory at this stage of the year. Great result there. Uh, who else is relevant there? Uh, Joseph Sawali to some degree is relevant just because he's he's still got the goal kick in 85 if they were to go on a run. Brandon Smith, 81. If you're looking for a second hooker option, I think given his price, Brandon Smith, he, he uh, he's priced at 393000 had a break even of 73. So he's probably going to stay around that $400,000 mark, even though he got 81. I think if you're going to bring him in, uh, second hooker has not really been a priority for me. I've just carried uh, Sonny Luke the whole time. He's been a bit of a pest. I've probably got the money to bring in a Brandon Smith, but Bit of a luxury trade, I think. Uh, it's not really important. He wouldn't be a play every week for mine. Certainly wouldn't be next week against the Broncos. But, yeah, he played big minutes and he looked pretty good. Joey Manu, 78, solid hold for me. If you don't have him in the centre wing position, I don't know if he's a trade in, but I think he's going to average around that sort of 70 mark for the rest of the season. Uh, let's have a look at the... Titans. The main one is Dave Fafita, 57. I think non-owners would be pretty happy with that. I was pretty happy with that. But in saying that, like I said, I thought he was pretty promising for the run home. He, he's going to tear some teams apart. And, um, you know, when he's working that hard, you're getting pretty excited. 57 points without any major attacking stats really there. Uh, and he got taken off with 20 minutes to go. So... I, th- I think I'd rather be an owner than not be an owner, if that makes sense. So he did have a mind break assist, but, um, you know, they're the sort of stuff that's going to come with him. They're pretty lethal on that left edge with uh, Carm Pereira. So, yeah, Dave Fafita is definitely a trade-in for me. Okay, second game of Super Saturday. Massive upset. The Knights beating the Storm 26 points to 18 at Newcastle, uh, and the Knights did really well to come back after the early Storm Blitz. That's what Storm do. They, that's That's been their game model for years now is they come out and they just really blitz you with, at the start of games, try to build up a lead and then hang on to that lead. So for them to go out 12-0, you're thinking if they get one more try, this game's over, even though it's in Newcastle, huge crowd. But I thought the the Knights showed a real lot of heart, a lot of self-belief. So if you have a look at the Knights draw, it's not too bad. Like if you're looking at a Smokey for the top eight, they could be the team to go and run. Have a listen to this run on their way home. They have Canberra, Dolphins, Bulldogs, South Sharks and St. George. I mean, yeah, like – they're sitting outside the top eight at the moment, obviously. Uh, they're on 23 points, so they've had that draw. So I'm not sure if they'd have to win 
all of those, but they could probably lose maybe one of them and still make it one. There's six games to go. If they won five out of six, they'd finish on 33 points. Could be enough. Could be enough to make the top eight, you'd think. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't write them off the way they're playing, but I just do have question marks about their ability to consistently deliver that across a span of games because they haven't shown that ability to do that, even though Palmer is just a star. Their left edge is really good. Bradman Best is in career best form. But, yeah, on the flip side of things, uh, I'm not ruling them out. Actually, I'm not ruling the the Knights out. I just want to say that. And I think uh, if they can beat Canberra this week in Canberra, then, yeah, the hunt is on for the eight. Storm, on the other hand, don't have the easiest run home either. They play the Eels next week, so you expect in typical Storm fashion there'd be a bit of a bounce-back game there. But the Eels um, are a tricky side as well. Uh, after that, they have the Panthers, and they have a few easier games in there, and then they finish the season with the Broncos. So with the Warriors and the Cowboys surging, maybe they don't finish in the top four. You know, maybe the Warriors and the Cowboys jag those spots in the top four. It'd be a long, long sustained run for the Cowboys to come from where they've been to make the top four, but you wouldn't put it past them the way they're playing at the moment. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores from that game. And Cameron Munster was really good, back to his uh, back to his best, 97 points. Really glad I had him in my side. Tried hard and tried all the tricks uh, he had in his bag to try and bring the, the storm back into the game but couldn't get it. Harry Grant was a bit down, 36, but I, I still think, you know, you don't hit the panic button. He's the number one hooker option. Most people are going to have him. I don't think it's the type of play to go against him and I don't think there's any options where it's worth it really unless you're trying to free up a heap of cash and you can find someone you think can average around about the same with him as him for the rest of the year. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona. He's starting to get targeted in defence, so I'm not sure how long that uh, Craig Bellamy will persist with him in defence on that left edge. But, yeah, just 41 for him. He got taken off. He, they, they threw some traffic at him. Uh, okay, for the Knights, Bradman Best. Like I said, he's in career best form, 82. He's forming that lethal left edge with uh, Marzu and Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon, 76. Marzu, 79. I mean, they're all prospects if you don't have them. Uh, I've got Marzu. I'm happy with him. Uh, he's a tackle breaker. He's got that base value, but he can also score tries on the end of it. Brabham uh, Best has shown he's got those really quick quick hands, you know, that work so well for him in origin. So, you know, that can set up line breaks. That can set up tries for Marzu as well as his great base from his runs and tackle breaks. Kalen Ponga. Very happy to own him. I moved him down to the fullback position so I could bring in Cody. And now I really have a decision to make. I'd have to trade out Munster or Cody because I'm not prepared to let Ponga go. With that draw that the Knights have, there's there's no way I'm finishing the season without Caitlin Ponga. So I have to decide do I want to get rid of Munster or Cody Walker or is that madness? Like just go without Latrell. 
you know, he's coming back from 10 weeks out. Yeah, that's a decision I have to make. So we will see. Uh, okay, who else was there? Oh, Dom Young, probably only the last relevant one there, and uh, 62. He's just getting those tries. He looks like he's going to be pretty hard for to catch for the top try scorer for the NRL this year. Okay, main game on Super Saturday. The Cowboys are absolutely, like I said before, they're absolutely surging at the moment. Got all the momentum going their way. They look like they're going to give this comp a real shake. But it's a long run from where they've been. So that's going to be the question. Can they sustain that over a long period of time? Because there's still six weeks to go in the you know, regular season and then you've got finals on top of that. I thought Para were really brave um, and they fought right till the end and that shows the quality of Moses and Gutho. Uh, they could have they had every right in that game with the amount of ball that they had to, you know, just go away and cop a bit of a pacing there from the Cowboys, but they fought back and they won't give up their top eight spot easily, but it's going to be hard for them to hold on to it as well. So they're sitting right on eighth at the moment and there's a bit of a dogfight there at the minute for uh, for that eighth spot, seventh, eighth. Yeah, a few of the top eight spots, it's uh, it's, it's a bit of a scrap. I thought it was a pretty high-quality game. I mean, it looked pretty humid up there. There's a lot of ball in play, uh, a lot of fatigue for both teams. The Jeremy Mayant Nanai injury is interesting. Uh, they do have some op- options there with Finney Fioaki and uh, Hilam Lukey's got to come back. But Jeremy Nanai really offers you something different. He was really starting to hit form after he, he played Origin. It was a bit of a surprise he got sort of picked in Origin because he'd had a – Injury riddled, sort of uh, plus judiciary issues early in the season, and then I think a lot of people were surprised when Billy Slater brought him in. But he looked like he was in really good form, so that injury is going to be an interesting one. Hopefully, it's not a long term injury. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores. Scotty Drinkwater, hundred and twenty two. He's just in mercurial form. This bloke, uh, I'm very happy to own him. He's he's probably been a player. That I've fallen into the trap of in the past of probably not giving him the credit that he deserves, but you know, bit of a touch footy player in some regards. But now he's playing really physical, running into the line. He's so explosive, um, and he creates so much trouble for teams. And uh, I mean, for me, he's not that highly owned. So in some ways, he's a bit of a pod to have him for the run home and. If he can get a couple of those big scores, um, it's certainly going to make a difference to my side. So, yeah, so Drinky owned by 8% overall in Supercoach, but he's owned by about 20% of the top 1%, which is still only one in five. So he's a really good pod dab. And, and like, he's not like people are going to be able to free up the cash to get to him. So if he can keep pumping out these 100-plus scores, it's going to be gold for the run home. Okay, where are we looking? I've lost my way a little bit here, and we were looking at the Cowboys scores. Reese Robson, pretty solid game. You know, he gets good. He, he, he was more given service. He's a solid second hooker option. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think you'd be bringing him in. 41 points. Uh, Val Holmes, a bit of a down game for Val. 
So that was good for non-owners. Still got 50. <laughs> so that's a that's a quieter game for him. I mean, he's a solid hold if you have him. But as I was tossing up between Cody and him to bring in, um, and um, you know, like I, I'll, I'll be happy to have both in my side. But I'm pretty happy to see how Cody goes with this softer run that the Rabbitohs have coming up. Um, Bryce Cartwright, seven offloads. So, yeah, 73 points. That's pretty impressive. They, they were just uh, they just turned on the offloads at will. I've never seen a, a side offload so much. I think at one stage it was, it was a record number of offloads that the Parramatta Eels had thrown. Um, Gutho, geez, I traded him out. And I was tossing up between Val Holmes and Cody Walker. I probably could have held him for a week. But the reason I traded him out is I thought that would be a tough matchup against the Cows. And he had a break-even of 122. And he comes out and puts on what, 113. Uh, sorry, 115. Oh, jeez, Gutho, he's, he's really turning on. I, I do think he probably is a trade-out, though. Um, he tries his heart out, though, you know. He tries his guts out right to the very end. He's all heart, Clint Gutherson. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, 63. Um, I actually had to sit him. I had some few problems there that I just had too many good players and I had to sit one. I was really worried about him scoring, but, yeah, he didn't burn me too much, 63. So solid hold with him. Okay, on to today's game. Panthers 44-18. Could have been so much more the way it started. The Panthers were on fire. Thought they were going to score. The score could be anything. But the Bulldogs fought back pretty well. You know, like, I mean, they never looked like actually being in the game. But I think it bodes well for them that they had a lot of young players in there and they showed a bit of heart and they kept coming to the end. I think Cleary had a bit of ring rust out there. But he'll be better for the run. I mean, 70, I think some people would be pretty disappointed. A lot of a lot of people brought him in, probably captain him. Um, but he looked like out scoring Hines until about the last five minutes of that game, the, the Cronulla game. So, yeah, it, it was an interesting afternoon. I think, like, in terms of the Bulldogs looking forward, Skelton, Wilson and Moran all book players of the future for, for the Dogs. Like, Moran is sort of in that Reuben Cotter mould. He's a, he's a lightweight middle forward but I like it he, he rips in rips and tears and he's got some good leg speed and big skeleton the big winger he, he looks like a player gonna come from rugby union and and Wilson as well uh, as as a wing option so yeah that, that doesn't look too bad for the doggies next year hopefully they get a few players and they can be a bit more competitive um Brian Toto 104. I think that was all in the first half with his, his tries there, so it could have been so much more. Nathan Cleary, 70. I think, he, you know, obviously if you haven't got him in, look to get him in um, next week because he's just going to get better and better. Ah, Targo, that was a laid out. Oh, the wheat dog would have been just crying into his cornflakes, the poor fellow. I haven't touched base with him, how he went on the weekend, but Isaac Tungo was his big pod and um, he's picked up an injury somewhere and Peachy was the beneficiary. And on the flip side of it, Timmy Williams still had Peachy in his side. I don't know how, but he, he was he's planning to trade him next week. But yeah, how about that? Eighty points. Pretty happy with that. A couple of tries. Got carved up in defence a little bit late there though. Uh Sorensen, seventy eight. Yeah, he's he's proven a player that's he he's an interesting player, Sorensen. He he could be a bit of a left field uh second row pod for the run home. 
Sunia Taruva. Now, I was going to trade him out, and in hindsight, I wish I did, and I and then I could have gone him to – I wouldn't have got Cody in. I would have probably gone him to Val Holmes. I don't know if I would have had the money there, actually. It would have been interesting, but I kept him because everyone told me he was going to kill it against the dogs. Uh, listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. That's what you got to do with Supercoach 21. The left winger at the Panthers is a wasteland. It is just a dead set wasteland. So the days when, uh, uh, what's his name? Ty- not Tyrone, mate, but the um, the May brother who played on the wing, but, you know, he was being out for the season. The days when he used to rack up some good scores, they are well gone because, you know, they will not pass the ball to Sonia Taruba. And I think Peachy's worse than Tunga. There's a couple of times there where I just thought for sure he would have scored, but Peachy went himself. Normally the left winger is a gold mine. You know, to get a left winger at any other NRL club is a gold mine, but it is a wasteland at the Panthers. He can't get out of my side quick enough, even though I rate him. He's a pretty good player. Okay, last game of the NRL round, the Manly Seagulls versus Sharks. This was an interesting one. I thought it was all over, but late comeback from the Sharks. Um, who saw the start coming, though? Like Manly, I think they were up 30-0. It would have been – it was 24-0 at half time, and it would have been the biggest comeback in NRL history, uh, I heard the commentator saying. Manly just put on a clinic. They just exposed that left edge of the Sharks, which had been totally reformed. So they got rid of Talakai, they got rid of Moylan, brought in Trendle, brought in uh, Connor Tracy, and they looked all out of sorts there. It certainly didn't fix up their left edge defence. But, yeah, it's funny how Supercoach works because I did that trade at the start. I had that, like I was telling you, I had that decision to make of whether I was going to trade out Nico or trade out SJ to Cleary. I backflipped on it, went and kept Nico, traded out SJ. But I'm in one major cash comp. And so what happened is I was even with this bloke. I think I was up by five points and I had one unique player left, which was Sonia Taruva. And so he changed his captain. We both had it on Cleary. He changed his captain from Cleary to uh, Nico Hines just to give himself a chance of winning. And sure enough, it worked for him because um, Taruba just shit the bed. But anyway, that's the way it goes. Um, just funny. Supercoach works like that. So, yeah, let's have a look at a few of the scores from the games, uh, from the game here. And uh, fresh off the press here, oh, Ramian, that's a pretty good score, 84 points. Um, Nico got up to 79. I looked at half time and he was six. But you always know Nico does what he does. And, you know, with 79, he probably updates to close to 100 the way that Nico does. So Mulatalo back with a decent score for those who've got stuck with him, 61. Um, Britton Nicara. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing game NRL-wise and Supercoach, 36-point Supercoach. He dropped a couple of balls, looked a little bit out of sorts, so might just be those new combinations there. For the Seagulls, DCE, great game. Uh, 96 points. Cooler, 97, was beneficiary of that woeful defense on the left-hand edge, but ran some really good lines. Um, Olakowatu, I thought, was outstanding, 74 
Uh, that's about why. And, of course, Garrick, 79 for owners. Uh, I'm an owner there. He's highly owned and very happy with his output. Uh, one player that I would mention is just Lachlan Croker. He got 82 for Supercoach. He's probably a second hooker option, but not one you're looking to bring in. But just from an NRL point of view, he'd have to be the most improved player in the comp. He's just reinvented himself. It's a, It was a long time ago, but I can remember he, he was a 5'8", I'm pretty sure, for Canberra Raiders, and he was a bit of a bust there. He, they had a big, big, big rap on him. He ended up going to Manly as a 5'8", recruit, busted out there, played in reserve grade, had, some in, had a lot of injuries, came back and reinvented himself as a hooker after Manasi Fino got put in jail um, for that church stabbing. And to be honest, like, he has – I don't know if I've seen a player go – like, he was more – he was considered, I think, when he played in the 5'8 position as a bit of a, a flashy ball player, but he's just turned himself into a tough, rugged sort of 45 to 50 tackles a game. But then he's just slowly built his game up. He's now doing a bit of ball playing near the line, getting a few tries. He's perfected that 40-20 where he just gets out of dummy half just right behind the 40-meter line and can nail those 40-20s. So, yeah, I credit to him, like the effort he's put into his game and chipped away. It shows you that, you know, if, if, if you're prepared to put the time and effort in that, you know, they, these players and they want it bad enough, then they can, can turn it around. Okay, that brings us to the end of our games. We've got one question here from the Timmy Williams, the king of Supercoach and SC Playbook. Uh, he says, any concerns over Trell missing such a big clash with the Broncos after 10 weeks out or just lock and load, essentially? Do you see him as a must-have or not? Well, Timmy, I think I spoke about it a little bit before for listeners, but I basically see it as I'm going to wait and see. Uh, even though he's coming into a game where he can score really well, I'm not prepared to trade out Cody, who I think if if Latrell scores well, Cody will probably score really well as well. So I think if they put a score on the Tigers, I'm, I'm just as happy to have Cody as I am Latrell coming off with the risk it takes to, to get him in. Um, you know, I think we saw with Cleary there, you know, there's a lot of panic and you think, oh, he could go 150, he could go 180, and Latrell could do that. I mean, he could, but, I mean, more often than not, these players are human. Like, they're coming back from 10 weeks, you know, or an extended period. I'm not sure what Cleary's was, five or six weeks, where they haven't played footy. They're going to have a bit of ring rust, um, no matter what the opposition is. So, you know, Cleary played the Bulldogs. Latrell's going to play the Tigers. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's a must-have this week, but I think if he shows signs, then, yeah, you might have to bring him in, into your side, but it depends on your team makeup. At the moment, I'm not prepared to let Ponga go. I'm not prepared to let Drinky go, and I'm not prepared to let Cody or Cameron Munster go. So at this stage, he's a no for me, but it's a, it's a close watch. Okay, crew, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 